Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Welcome to the South African edition of the Dope Black Women podcast. The podcast where we share our personal experiences and expertise on topics that impact our daily lives. I'm Ramantha Buta, the community lead for Dope Black Women South Africa. Welcome to another episode of the Dope Black Women podcast all the way from South Africa. Today, myself, Ramantha, all the way from South Africa, is joined by Candice Chirwa, also known locally and internationally as the Minister of Menstruation. Listen, this is a title that should be a portfolio in Parliament. And uh, just let me know, Candace, where I need to sign a petition and uh, we will make that happen. Okay. Please, please. <laughs> um, yeah, so today we are speaking all things menstruation, periods, the red robot, Mother Nature, whatever you want to call it. And uh, Candace is quite a... A dynamic young person that everyone has got gotten to know on social media, mostly Twitter, but she's also available on, on a lot of other platforms. She is a author and gender activist, a thought leader. She is a TED Talk speaker. She is a NGO founder. She's a dynamic, dope black woman. And um, I'm so honored to have you on our very first episode coming all the way from South Africa. Um, first things first, maybe perhaps out of outside of all of those titles, who are you, Candice Chirwa, outside of all of those titles? I am just an ordinary, ordinary human being who has a coffee addiction. I, I, no, yeah, no, I'm a, I, my coffee addiction is real. And I think it just speaks to the lifestyle that I have. I'm always on the ground, always having to do different things. Um, but I think when I when I if I had to define Candace, um, bubbly, uh-huh. punny, charismatic, creative, um, mm. very driven person, um, and I and I often I think I always ask myself like where do I find this energy? And I yeah. think it's just for me it's always just when I see the impact on the ground or I see people feeling empowered that always just drives me to do yeah. another workshop or have another form of engagement um, mm. around any form of social good. 
so yeah i i i yeah mm. i guess that's who i am in a in a yeah. short way sorry to make a marvel um, reference but what is your origin really story love <laughs> that is my core um essence in life i really just find happiness in helping people yeah Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> well, I think when it comes to like menstruation, um, luckily I'm not, I, I don't become a, a, a villain, but rather I become a superhero that tries to fight period stigma, which is the villain that has sort of like, you know, if you don't trademark that, if you don't trademark that. So my whole agenda is changing the world one period at a time. You heard it here um, first, guys. If, but, we, if we see you know, anyone, if we see know? anyone or hear anyone, okay, eh? we'll come for you. Okay. And I'm the sidekick. I'm the sidekick. You don't I want this. Period. Um, <laughs> but I think for... Period. Exactly. Um, so I guess mm. my our menstrual origin story is a very interesting one because I, I started at the age of 10. I started at the age of 10 and I felt like I was going to die. I felt like I mm. had a yeah. disease because even yeah. in the conversations that I had with my mother, it was just like, don't tell anyone. You can't tell your sister. You can't tell your dad. So I felt like I was the only person um, on planet Earth that had uh-huh. this, this, this thing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, research research shows that when young menstruators mm-hmm. are not Absolutely. equipped with the right form of information, be it puberty, be it menstruation, that really catapults them into a life of stigma and shame and embarrassment. Um, and, and that is definitely the case today. We are often seeing a lot of young people who don't know what happens to them yeah. at such a critical point of their lives. Exactly. Puberty is a exactly. very transitional point that is so critical in that if you know what's mm. going on, you feel empowered. But if you don't, you would feel ashamed because you just don't know who to speak to. And my origin story is that I I felt yeah. I felt ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only until I got to grade mm-hmm. nine, which was maybe like age 14 that we learned about menstruation but only from the biological perspective of what happens every month but not in terms of self-care not in terms of myth busting and i understood the necessity of it but i still felt sort of ashamed i still felt like i couldn't present a pad out when i when I had to go um, to the bathroom, I had to hide yeah. it either in my bra or tuck it in my inner blaze at school. Um, every time I was at sure. physical education, I had to tell the teacher, um, I'm feeling sick, not them knowing that I actually had intense period cramps. You know, so there was still that shame that I carried until I turned 21. And I just, you know, realized that something that is so critical and necessary to yeah. human life, you know, something that is essentially life-giving um, being our vaginas, being our uteri, why is it seen in such a negative light? And that for me was what really catapulted my research. Um, you know, being a, a, a feminist from a very young age, mm-hmm. I just felt that, you know, being in an academic space, yeah. we weren't having enough conversations amongst ourselves as peers, but amongst ourselves as academics about the lack of policy covering sexual and reproductive health, but also covering men- menstrual health. Um, there's little to none laws or policies that focus on, you know, the access to dignity and care during the time of the month. So for me, 
I think that is my origin story um, as I stand as the Minister of Menstruation right now. Yeah. Where does the name come from, by the way? <laughs> you know, I, it's not something that I, I woke up and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be the Minister of Menstruation. A friend of mine was actually like, you know, on all the workshops I was doing in the period of 2019, um, he was like, you know what, you're doing more work than, uh, you know, our fellow, our fellow menstru- um, ministers in this country. Um, mm. And you should be, you should be dubbed the Minister of Menstruation. And I just, I just took it. And it I stuck. changed. I changed the handles and it stuck. You know, no one really yeah. um, has hit me with any form of clapback. Um, I yeah. think I have received some form of questions where people are like, so are you an actual minister? Oh, you're an actual minister? <laughs> and I'd always say, yeah, I mean, I have a whole red light brigade, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I get invitations to Sona. Um, I have the president on like speed dial. You know, I, <laughs> I, just, I just joke, but I think, what is so you roll with it. I roll with it. But I think what is so interesting is that it makes people think what our society would look like if we actually had a minister mm. of menstruation. And I think for me, that means that we would have a liberal and open-minded society when it comes to puberty, when it comes to sex, when it comes to mm. menstrual health. We would have young people who feel empowered and who don't feel afraid, who don't feel like they have to keep all of this information to themselves until they are like mm. adults. Um so yeah. I, I think I think that would it would be interesting if we 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 had that type of society and I yeah. think we're, we're slowly but surely getting there. Uh, one of the most touching parts that you pointed out is your you know when you got your first period you got it at ten. Mm. I got my first period when I was fifteen, so I was re- relatively late, mm. and I, you know a big part of me was am I gonna get it? Uh, there's this big hoo ha. All of my friends got it, and what they are telling me is that it's not nice, but sort of my family is watch, keeping a watchful eye whether I'm getting mine. Yeah. And um, just so just just speaking on the shame and you know your cultural backgrounds and how that impact that. Um, I remember my mom told me about her first period, and same thing. You weren't told about periods. You didn't know what it was. You just knew it was shameful. And you're a woman now, and now you should hide a lot of things. And when she got hers, uh, she was just given a pad. She was not told how to put it on. And she put it on upside down. So yeah. um, so you can imagine the trauma, the trauma yeah. of having to take it off, the trauma of, you know, it leaking, obviously, because it's not proper, properly placed and all of that stuff. And um, it, it was not a great experience for her. And I remember mine. I had I probably had a little bit more information, but I also didn't have the best information. You know, mm-hmm. I just knew you have to put this thing thick pad at that time. Obviously, no one cared about the thinness of a pad. I'm 30 years old. So that was what, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 15 years ago, no one cared to tell me that, you know, you have to take painkillers before it comes. You know, there's a hot water bottle. There's this, that, the other. You're a child. Just don't. Don't inconvenience us with all of these questions. Right. Um, and with even with women that got it. So it wasn't even as if don't talk about it because there's men in the room. It's just mm. like it's an inconvenience. Just do as, as I tell you to and mm. you'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people's period stories or first period goes with trauma. 
and um, they they're just stuck with using a bunch of toilet paper at school or you know bleeding and children or boys laughing at them sometimes yeah. very often still happens do you think that i mean i'm talking about 15 years ago now but do you think that there's still that level of harshness about the period uh definitely i think that is one one of the main obstacles in us achieving um, period dignity, not only in South Africa, but the rest of the world. Um, mm-hmm. I often think that this culture of silence that exists is not purely because of, you know, the information that's passed down from adult to child, but it also exists mm-hmm. based on the content we consume when we are watching shows, um, in particular, mostly like pop culture shows and the, the, the references yeah. they make to our periods, when we see mm-hmm. adverts and how um, you know, they still instill that idea that our period blood is blue. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but the ele- the, the, the mm-hmm. culture of silence still exists. And, and I think what people often don't understand is that menstruation is a global health issue because of the amount of, um, you know, sectors of human rights it impacts. It's an education mm-hmm. issue. It's a health issue. It's a sanitation issue. And it's an overall dignity issue. Um, mm-hmm. And when we remain to choose silent, we still then continue to perpetuate that form of violence, the multiple forms of violence there with, with, within, within the menstrual community. Um, mm-hmm. So I think what is so um, interesting is that I often see that there's this sort of fear that menstruators have in talking about their periods because they they feel that there will be some form of backlash or they will mm. they will experience some form of physical violence and that is true in certain communities where mm. that has been the case um but i think with the sort of like inclusion of social media and the access to information people are slowly but surely waking up to the idea that periods are something that we should talk openly about purely because mm-hmm. it, it affects a lot of people on earth and i don't want to say half the population because then people assume it's just women only but also menstruators who, uh-huh. who who don't identify as women and girls you know so there exactly. is also that conversation that we're not having within that community so the culture mm-hmm. of silence is real the culture of silence is also driven by the amount of um, menstrual myths and taboos that people often will mm. um, share towards people. So saying, you know, when you're uh, going to swim in the ocean, you can't on your period because <laughs> sharks will eat you. But then we, we yeah. often don't realize that if you are going to swim in the ocean, you're going to use a tampon or a menstrual cup. So your menstrual blood isn't going to seep into the ocean and all of yeah. a sudden it's going to be red. And then, no, that's not the case. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. this weird thing of like, if you don't dispose of your sanitary pad correctly, um, ghosts will haunt you for the rest of your life. And then often mm-hmm. you have people who will burn their sanitary pads, which is bad for the environment. And that's like, that's yeah. not true. That whole association yeah. of saying that periods are dirty or you menstruating is impure and therefore you need to hide mm-hmm. um, your dirty pad. Again, makes menstruators feel like they need to isolate themselves and make them feel embarrassed yeah. for something they have mm. no control over. And as much as we Absolutely. have to go and pee to the bathroom, we also have no control over when our periods start or when we, when we menstruate. So we would at yeah. least have 
you know, we, at least what we're asking for as menstruators is that society shows us not even some, but a, a lot of, you know, um, I, I want to say love during this time. Um, you know, mm. we, we, we go through so much month to month, not even from a biological perspective, um, but we also go through so much from a political perspective in the workplace, in schools, yeah. in our homes. Yeah. So show us some love, show us some grace during this mm. time. This is hormonal fluctuations mm. that we have no control over. Yeah. And the least you yeah. can do is just say, what can I do to help? Do you need anything? Um, speaking so, of, yeah. speaking of, I, I, mm. I, I perhaps maybe want us to touch on the the support there is mm. you know for people who are menstruators uh you know what can first let's start with what can partners do i i've seen this trend cute very very cute trend um of of partners sending their partners care packages you know mm. like painkillers chocolates you know stock up stock up on whatever menstrual facility they use or product they use um and this is really cute, but but you know, does it end there? You know, yeah. when it comes to perhaps lovers, what you know, what what do we need from lovers mm-hmm. when we have our period? Because we know that when it comes to intimacy, partners are still grossed out about it. You have to, you know, hide that you have it, or sure. you know, come up with an excuse. And um, I actually saw yesterday, which was quite quite disturbing. I see a lot of disturbing posts around women, but um, this one was like, oh, okay. Um, it was it was meant to be funny. It was a TikTok, and this guy was like, uh, "A woman will have you kiss her for ten hours, knowing very well that she's wearing a pad." Um, and I mean, those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very extremely problematic. But again, yeah. it touches on this thing of, you know, you sh- you should sort of disclose that, or you should when you are, you know not feeling okay emotionally spiritually that that the alter alternate reality is that you oh she's just on her period maybe she's on her period so the period has such a negative stigma yeah when it comes to intimate partners Mm. what work needs to happen there because i know your work is more activism you know, in terms of what needs to be done by government, by stakeholders, by society. But, you know, it's a very intimate thing. So first and foremost, what do we need from partners? Yeah, I I would. Uh, wow. I, I'm sort of glad that I um, stopped making TikToks because a part of me would want to make a, a TikTok addressing a that specific mm. um, <laughs> thing. But I think what is really important for um men to understand who are in intimate relationships with menstruators is first things first understand what the function is um and understand that every month my ovary which is life-giving right life literally a small tiny egg carries life um travels down my fallopian tube to meet in the middle of the uterus to hope hopefully or not hopefully in circumstances get fertilized by the sperm and then that causes a baby but if the egg is not fertilized then what happens is the egg with along with the uterine lining which essentially makes a home for the baby shrivel like not shrivel up but it disintegrates and that then becomes menstrual blood right so that whole notion of your period is dirty your period is this and this and this that isn't Personally, I don't see my period as dirty when, in fact, my period or my my ovary, which is essentially my period, would 
make home for a baby. It's you wouldn't say it's a dirty place, right? Um, the mm. whole notion of the fact that you associate blood mm. coming from the vagina then asks then le- makes me to understand that you view or you have a negative view towards women or people who menstruate, and that's that's not okay. So I think first first things first, actually understand what the function is and why it happens every month. Then secondly, have that conversation directly with your partner to say, okay, mm-hmm. so I've taken my own time. Because periods are like snowflakes, right? They are like snowflakes. No one woman now, gets it the same way. A, a subjective point of view, how your period works. I'm dating you. I care about you. So I need to understand. Ex- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Same way. Exactly. So understand mm-hmm. that. On certain days, your partner will probably need more attention and care and loving versus Mm. other days, right? And what does that attention, Mm. what does that TLC look like on those days? Are you, you know, uh, giving snacks? Mm. Are you doing the care packages? Are you going out to get the, 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 the medicine? That is a conversation that you need to have with your partner directly Mm. rather than just assuming without actual factual knowledge of what about mm. what a period is, right? And I must say this, it is very attractive yeah. when men know about periods and when men actively yeah. want to be critical in, mm. critical thinkers and also menstrual mm. allies and saying, what can I do to help instead of just making nonsensical TikToks that AKA serve flow no purpose the but book to about menstruation, AKA. Society. <laughs> so I really do think it's about learning about it first. Plug, honey, so plug. This is the platform. <laughs> and then having that conversation intimately. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to plug, but I was like, we'll get to that later. Yeah. But, you know, AKA mm. the book flow, mm. AKA the minister of menstruation, AKA a lot of menstrual activists that exist to solely make content that is friendly for you as men to understand like don't choose to just assume that is the most dangerous thing that you can do because we've seen what assumptions do we see what misinformation around periods do it often leads to young girls Mm. being isolated in menstrual huts and experiencing Mm. violence we see young girls not going to school we see young girls you know, not having access to the necessary. The, the problem, the problem starts listening to non-menstruators you know what, what about menstruation. Remove the fake that's, news. That's where the blo- problem starts. I think very often, and I mean, we're speaking no. about men now, but Research. people just in general <laughs> who do not get their period um, often have this mm. comfort of asking people who don't really know, who's just read a book or whatever. And, um, and and just embarrass themselves. Sometimes you just have to ask the actual person who it's coming from. That's it. It's very easy, very simple. Don't make it difficult. You spoke about women, girls, children having to stay home from school. Um, you know, we also know that not everyone can afford that 15 rand or 30 rand a month. What are some of the challenges that are obvious and some of the challenges that perhaps maybe aren't that obvious or in mainstream media, uh, you know, that people let's assume from the rural areas, mm. people that are poor, but just in general face around periods and that make their everyday life just so much more complicated. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, I, 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 I truly think that, you know, when people assume that the way we can end period poverty is just to hand out a certain period product Mm. that everything is resolved. I, I then say, Mm. no, you need to understand that it's period poverty isn't just the access to period products. It's also looking at the infrastructure. It's also looking to the, um, Mm -hmm. the information, the education, you know, um, and I think infrastructure is so important because we often tend yeah. to um, underestimate the resources that we need mm. when we are managing our period for seven days. So we need access to water. We need access to a dustbin. You know, um, we need we need access to education and material yeah. on how we should um, dispose of a, a disposable uh, period product. We need information and access to education about how we should use a tampon or menstrual cup because it won't break my virginity or hymen. There is so mm. much um, that exists around any period poverty that it doesn't oh, always gosh. true to just ensuring that girls go to edu- uh, to school. Yeah. It, it really is bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It also speaks to menstruators in the workplace. Mm. What rights do they have when they are menstruating and they might have any severe period conditions? Menstrual leave, man. Menstrual leave. What, what, yeah. what, what, what should they do? Who do they speak to? You know, why is HR not making the necessary policies to ensure that we have access to period paid leave? Um, where's the conversation? Yeah. You know, mm. where are the conversations mm. around, you know, um, the access yep. to, to period products that are holistically yeah. inclusive for mm-hmm. menstruators, trans people, you know, the, the body yeah. dysmorphia they would get if they want to, they need to use a tampon mm-hmm. or a menstrual cup. They would prefer to maybe just use a pad or reusable uh, period underwear. What about people who menstruate who are disabled? Where 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 is the conversations around that? Access to infrastructure. You know, so period poverty is not only just saying, let's just give pads to the girl child so the girl child can go to school, which is a very valid um you know, issue, but there's so many more conversations that exist within the period political space where we're saying period poverty isn't just solely about girls' education. Mm. There's a lot mm. more emphasis that we need yeah. to be focusing on and prioritizing on the ground uh, to say that access to clean water and access to adequate infrastructure is a human rights issue. And we yeah, need those things when we are menstruating. And often the people who are making those policies yeah. in those spaces are men who wouldn't actively, you know, think about menstruation at the forefront. So there's a lot more that needs to be um, focused on, prioritized. Mm. And I, I, I mean, we are at the right step mm. to, you know, call call in for all the support to say make sure a girl child goes to school but then what happens after school yeah she's still feeling about a bit she's still feeling ashamed to talk about her period because the boys at school are bullying her mm. when she mistakenly stains her skirt mm. so then that transfers from yeah school to <laughs> it's a mouthful it's a mouthful but it's absolutely necessary to have this conversation because i think um you know we have it on twitter and, and i don't know so, i can't remember how many characters twitter ooh, has in the tweet, but <laughs> We, we we speak about it in yeah. snippets and with no real context. I actually speaking about real context, your the book you co-authored, Flow the Menstruation Book. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. myself had an opportunity to read it, 
but it is about stories of South African women, ordinary women speaking about their experiences of periods. And perhaps maybe you can shed some light on what the South African landscape looks like and what you found in their stories. Yeah, so I think flow mm. really is a guide for people to understand periods from the um, you know biological, uh, from the psychological, and in yeah. the political, um, and and it and, and it, it it really mm. is just an informative way for people to really understand what periods are. Whether you are someone who menstruates, someone who finished menstruating, or someone who doesn't menstruate, just to understand what periods are. And obviously the political side of things. Mm. I mean, throughout the book, we do talk about, you know, what, um, you know, our first periods are with different stories and, you know, what um, uh, PMS is with different stories. But the political side of things within the South African landscape really does focus on, like, the history of menstrual activism yeah. within within South Africa and how menstruation in, in, in certain contexts within the apartheid context was used as a, a yeah. weapon of policing. You know, when women were in constitutional, constitutional um, heal, the, the, which, was a, which was a prison in apartheid context, they weren't given pads. Mm. You know, when as a way to discipline them, mm-hmm. you know, the, and this again just further drives that thing of your periods um, yeah. are are used as a way to weaponize you, and and not understanding that it is a natural thing, um, irrespective of whether I am a prisoner or not, I still sh- should have access mm. to basic period products. Um, so there's so many different stories that you know we focus on, not only just yeah. you know covering the basics of what periods are but also just looking at what people who um who who menstruate what they go through in terms of that transitionary phase um you know looking in particular about um you know survivors of Mm. of either domestic violence or or rape and sexual assault what their periods look like you know we look at so many different elements of what our periods Look There's like also on another um, event, thing that I wanted to touch on, and it's perhaps maybe left a field coming from what we just spoke about. But normal. I think that one thing that I've realized about periods and menstruation is that it doesn't matter where you are, it kind of connects people. As much as they, you know, it, it alienates a lot of people, it kind of connects people. Because um, I was reminded just before this podcast of a a moment I had at a club mm. and I had gotten my period, didn't I changed bags and didn't have one. Obviously everyone is a bit tipsy and drunk. Um, so yeah, everyone's besties in the bathroom. But I asked for a tampon and five women pulled tampons out of their bags. I just said, does anyone have a, a tampon? And like five women scratching their bag, like, oh sure, I have, I have. And the same thing has happened numerous times to me. And so I I also feel like it is something that across the board, menstruators understand. It's almost like an unspoken rule. You know, if you see someone has, you know, mistakenly missed themselves or, you know, you will let them know. It doesn't matter if you if you don't know them, you know, who they are. It's that sense of camaraderie. I don't know if that's the proper word um, that menstruators have you know, that I can, a sense of appreciation that I have for that. 
Um, do you have any, you know, positive menstrual experiences that you can perhaps mm. recall? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the workshops that yeah. uh, my uh, organization Cured yeah. hosts, I think often when we go <laughs> into a space and we oh, tell the young instructors, hey, we're going yeah. to today, and they go, ah. mm. and then they leave the workshop after we spend an hour Absolutely. the workshop screaming the word vagina, or they make a, a song, you know, like with the word vagina. It's always just a liberating thing because they are owning something that is a part of them um oh, but i think oh, my most positive okay. menstrual experience um honestly has to be um doing mm-hmm. a workshop with the, our first workshop for 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 boys and um oh, wow. you know they were so yeah. initially i walked in with the whole assumption that oh they're going to be a difficult group or anything but honestly mm-hmm. they had the time of their lives yeah. learning about periods learning about the different products that exist um and and i think for me that was really yeah. just liberating um and it gave me it gave yeah. me hope because it told me that Absolutely. you know this whole assumption that boys or men don't want to learn or shouldn't know about their period they do they there's a there's a natural curiosity yeah. that they want to learn and i think that's so important um mm. so I think one that's more thing in terms of we touched on tiktok maybe the negative the side of it and but what role has social media played in helping from, with the activism work that you do you know have people become creative yeah. have you seen more negative you know, response responses on this kind of activism on social media. Is it helping? Is it broadening broadening frame of reference? Is it wanting people to want to go read and do these workshops or send their children to these workshops? Uh, perhaps maybe just a tip for parents as well, because we did touch on, you know, a lot of parents not knowing how to have the conversation. And if you're a single dad, you know, how do you address it? How do you do it? Um, yeah, and perhaps if your child is intersex, all of those things, like how do you address the period? Um, well, you know, social media has done a really great job in um, just broadening the community and broadening that more, um, that, that, that menstrual experience of I menstruate, let's talk about it, or, you know, today I experienced mm. this in type of cramps, can you help me? I think it's, it's really strengthened that okay. community. Um, and in terms of the activism, I think it's really also just given us the platform for people to know that these issues are real um, because menstrual yeah. activism is not a new thing. And it has existed yeah. in the early 80s where, um, you know, young young women were were trying to protest against the fact that their tampons were killing them, you know. Um, and then that mm. slowly became a rallying message to talk about why our periods are not seen in a positive light you know so menstrual activism has existed and i think what social media has done is that it has often then placed that pressure on the companies and uh uh, you know organizations responsible for eradicating period poverty to now do so you know it's so easy Mm -hmm. for people now to directly tag um you know period companies and to say a brand why mm. why is this so expensive why are you night guys not addressing this you know and i think that is really amazing um so yeah i think also what's been great is that uh, there's been a lot of people who felt the need to talk openly about their periods and also feel openly to ask questions 
And I always just say mm. to my community that no question is a dumb question, especially when it comes to our periods, mm. because it's something that mm. we, you know, we're still not necessarily still learning. But if we have been told from a young age to remain quiet about that, then it means there's a lot of unlearning that needs to take place. So it really is just like opening your eyes again and relearning what your period is actually from a positive point of view. And I think yeah. to parents, yeah. I always just say this to parents. I always just say, I think you need to really get over the fear that talking about periods, puberty, sex education to your kids will lead to the assumption that your kids are going to be, you know, um, like crazy out there in the streets. I don't think I personally always stand by yeah. this to say that an educated child or an empowered child will often lead to more responsible choices um, mm. because they, they, they have the critical information. They know what, what they're meant to do, what's right for them. Yeah. They know about all these necessary and critical elements. Um, so I always mm -hmm. just say to parents, the first thing you need to do is firstly reflect on the views that you have on periods. If you find that your view mm. is very negative, then before you impart that view onto your child, read up. Address your own traumas. What specific, yeah, exactly. Like address what um, issue is, is affecting you in particular and then research that. Read up on it. Speak to people who dabble mm. in those things. You know, if you need to speak to a gynecologist, if you need to speak to a doctor, to actually get the mm. facts. And then I always say that it's always amazing to just find you know child-friendly content so there's youtube yeah. there's books that exist um where you mm. can read this content together um especially in preparing your child for their first period and studies have shown that mm. um a menstruator will start um will start their period at the ages of eight so you have to be having these conversations and it's not just one yeah. conversation to make it seem like they're in trouble but multiple mm. conversations to allow them for the yeah. room to grow, but also to allow them to consistently always ask questions. So create the safe space yeah. that you wanted when you were a child for your own child. You review the negative views you might have around your periods and, and learn those negative views and then research the form of content that is child friendly for children to feel comfortable with that you can both watch together and uh directly yeah. answer those questions yeah uh you know parents should at the in this day and age you have like you said a lot of models available a lot of platforms available mm -hmm. a lot of people you can speak to and perhaps maybe if you want a non-menstruator and you're a parent you know go and ask your female friend mm -hmm. go and ask whoever you need you know for that information because i think the most important thing is building trust a, a place of safety which we didn't have you know about our periods and and learning about it academically is is very it's, there's there's no emotion attached to it and it's a very emotional experience mm -hmm. and you would want to know that my parents also go you know through these things and they've also experienced it so i'm not alone and i'll be fine because they're fine and um yeah i think I think I can't even begin to explain how valuable that would have been for me and how valuable that would still be for so many young people out there. A lot of parents just leave reproductive health issues and, you know, even menstrual health. They leave that to the education system to do. Yeah. And leaving, leaving out the total holistic experience of, mm. listen, I know that this is going to happen biologically, 
But in terms of support, in terms of anything else you need, I'm here. You know, you don't have to be ashamed. Come and ask me. Um, yeah. The other thing, and perhaps maybe that's something we could close off with, we're running out of time, is what your hopes are. I mean, we've spoken about corporate, about brands, all of the key things that are needed to create a utopia for mainstraters, maybe globally, but maybe you can just relate it locally for now. I think for me, honestly, no one's period should be um an obstacle every like every month i i I think Mm. you know when people know that their period is coming it should just merely be like a shrug like oh my period's coming okay and not yeah the mental gymnastics of how am i going to afford to get this can i do this um will i be able Mm. to go to school you know like that is a reality for many menstruators not only in south africa but the rest of the world and so my my hope is that we um, we have better laws that actually um, regulate the provision of access to period products, but also actually mm. recognize that our periods um, need more infrastructure, need better education, mm. so that we can be able to go about our daily activities without our period being an obstacle. Yeah. And simply just saying, oh, yeah, I'm menstruating yeah. because this month I wasn't pregnant. Cool. You know, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, in an, in an ideal, ideal world, I think if I was just like the minister or president of menstruation, I would just Come say, on now. This is your campaign. You know, Come on. We should just get a text message when we're menstruating <laughs> so we don't have to go through. Le- or oh, an email. Or an, an email. email. The email be. is less disruptive. It could be an email. <laughs> It literally could have yeah. been an email. Yeah. But we're here now. Mm. And so we have to at least then ask the world to be a period positive world, not only in the content, mm. not only in the infrastructure, the products, but also yeah. in removing the stigma, in removing mm. the culture of silence so that we can just mm. feel normal when we're menstruating. Yeah. We don't have to feel embarrassed. Yeah. We don't have to feel in shame. Yeah. That's absolutely. That's I think language, I think language is another um mm thing where people don't just say hey i'm on my period or i'm menstruating because that's what's happening you are menstruating or you are on your period it is not the red robot it is not what are some of the other you know yeah metaphors oh gosh like come on man we are all (laughs) adults and i understand if you're busy talking to an eight-year-old but use the language you know Mm -hmm. you don't speak about your pp as a 40 year old man mm. you speak about your penis yeah and so why are we speaking about this very natural human function mm. as if it's you know it, it, it's it's just stupid it's silly yeah. Yeah. so language language plays a very important role and i think um like we've spoken about the media ads you know that ca- kind of creative space needs a lot of work in terms of just speaking about these things. I don't want to hear, I don't want to see my blood be blue. I don't want flowers on packaging. Those are typical things that we that we need to see change. And I, for one, hope that we are just candid and be like, I can just say at a bra full of men with one woman, hey, do you have a pad for me? I just yeah. got my period. Without yeah. cringing, without, without us hiding it in a beautifully packaged tin, 
mm. in our bag, sometimes somewhere in the inside pocket of our mm. bag. Mm. I want to be able to scream it across the room just as anyone would be like, hey, sorry, do you have some change? I need I need it for parking or whatever. Can we just make it that the language is important? And, and I think that will also enable people to feel more comfortable about this thing. Yeah. Normal. Yeah. Listen, this was a period, and that is exactly what we have time for. Um, I am. I'm really so excited to have had you on this podcast. I I've looked at you on social media, and I was like fangirling on the side. But (laughs) um, (laughs) thank you for making my dreams come true. This is not about dope black women. This is about me now. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Looking gorgeous in red. I should have said that in the beginning. I try. Um, Yes, looking gorgeous (laughs) in red. Your contribution to society and what we need as women and menstruators are immensely appreciated. And I think it's very important that people understand that the conversation cannot just be had once a year Mm. or every other day when we're reminded of these things. It's a constant conversation. And the more we talk, the less we have shame about it. Mm. Candace, thank you so much. Any last words before I let you go? No, I mean, thank you so much. Where can people, wait, where can people find you? Oh, thank you. Yeah, like, thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, for the the listeners, um, you know, my platform is always open to those who are menstruators and non- um but yeah i you you can find me at the minister of menstruation on instagram and twitter also on facebook um and yeah just be sure to send me a dm if you have any specific you know queries or questions i'm i'm here to at least make you feel okay and feel your periods are normal Uh um because i mean Uh i think that's what i needed when i was 10 so the least Mm -hmm. you can do is make other people feel normal and okay and that's on that Period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Candice, thank you so much. And that's it. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Dope Black Women, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. For more content, follow us on Dope Black Women 1 on Instagram and Twitter. To join our community, drop us an email on South Africa at See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.